Hey everyone, welcome back to Neuropod. For this episode, I thought it'd be cool to talk about the expectations I see for Neuralink and specifically their ambition to create a mature brain-machine interface. Whether Neuralink is the first company to accomplish this or another company beats them to it, I think there's a wide spectrum of ideas out there for how society is going to function. At the end of the day, my opinion is just one of many, so if you're willing to, please feel free to share your thoughts on Twitter or in the comments below the video. So firstly, like so many other things, I think the range of opinions or expectations are like shaped basically like a bell curve. On one side, you have the folks who are not only skeptical, but outright disgusted that anyone would try to develop something like this. On the other side of the curve, there are folks who relentlessly support and assume that any issues are bound to be fixed over time. This view is essentially summarized as being so optimistic that you see no possible way that Neuralink and other companies will fail in creating a safe, practical, and helpful brain-machine interface. For most ideas, you might expect the distribution of expectations to be perfectly normally distributed, or look exactly like a bell. However, since this feels like such a new technology for the general public, most people are skeptical. And I'm betting that this is just because of lack of exposure. Over time, if people see or hear about Neuralink more often, they'll start to become a little bit more comfortable about what the team's trying to accomplish. Also, if people start realizing that this is basically the iteration of our phones, the expectation should start shifting towards the middle a little bit more. All that being said, after a couple months of doing this podcast and continuing to follow the Neuralink news flow, it's become clear to me that the distribution of expectations is definitely not normally distributed. The concept of connecting human brains to computers is like so many of the best ideas throughout history. It's polarizing. So for those who are somewhat in the middle, they're often skeptical. Imagine you have a range of feelings from disgust to skeptical, to mediocre, to optimistic, to fully supportive, I fall between the optimistic and fully supportive group. Based on Elon Musk's track record and the progress the team's made so far, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt with regards to solving the low-hanging fruit issues, things like ensuring safe procedures done by the robot or not forcing any unwilling patient to get the surgery, or protecting and securing the information being sent to and from the phone and the brain. Although these safety and security issues are clearly going to be challenging technical problems, I'm considering them low-hanging fruit because so many people think of them as big problems, but when the problems are really big and people are focusing on addressing them, they usually get solved. The real issue is when there's a problem that people don't identify before it's too late. So I'm going to go on a little side tangent here. I believe this is the reason that fires grow out of hand and why we also never have big recessions when most people think that we will. If there's a fire and you see it, you'll be able to address it, stop everything you're doing and put it out. If there's a small fire and you don't see it, it may grow so big to a point where it's unmanageable. The same issue would theoretically occur for a small fire that you do see. If it's a nuisance to deal with it, maybe you wouldn't stop what you're doing to put it out. And then by the time that you do decide to put it out, it might be too late. On a much larger scale, same for recessions. If you have every bozo, excuse me, 
expert going on TV to discuss how a recession is imminent, it probably won't be, at least for the reasons that that quote-unquote expert thinks. The problem occurs when it doesn't get addressed by enough people. And to tie this back to Neuralink, I foresee the main issue them having as being some unknown problem that very few people can think of. All these other problems will have resources dedicated to solving them, and they'll eventually be solved. Therefore, the reason that I'm not 100% fully supportive on that side of the spectrum is we just can't know for sure that Neuralink and other companies will address absolutely everything they need to. Now that I've stated my personal opinion, I should probably talk about other problems for balance. But I think that'd feed the polarization further, and the negativity is pretty off-putting. So instead, I'll try and nudge the doubters by framing brain-machine interfaces in a different context. Let's say we rewind to the year 2000, when there are no robust applications for our phones in the way that we think of apps today. Maybe BrickBreaker on the BlackBerry, because that was just starting to come around. During this time, it'd be tough to imagine building applications for our phones. If someone said you could FaceTime someone with your phone on the other side of the planet, some people would support and think about all the coolest things that they could do. They could live in Florida and FaceTime their grandparents in Italy. Someone in Brazil could send their location to the relative who just flew in from Japan. Strangers could meet each other for dates, get in another stranger's car, go to a bar, and then send money to each other to split their car ride. Think about the never-ending list of scary, negative, not unfounded, yet solvable problems that have mostly been solved. In our world today, there's no obligation to use Tinder, Uber, or Square's Cash App, but for those who do, it's probably useful. Just the simple fact that the company still exists demonstrates that the good currently outweighs the bad. Our phones have enabled us to have and send and receive more information than ever before, and the applications being developed have further enabled that progress. It feels like the next step is programming apps for Amazon Alexa and other voice-enabled devices. Some folks are really scared about having hackers see or hear in our houses, and the cycle is going to repeat for Neuralink and Brain Machine interfaces. We'll just have to see if the future breaks the trends of history. Okay, that's the end of this episode. I'll add some housekeeping thoughts though. It's been a few weeks since I've done one of these quote-unquote regular episodes, so please feel free to share your thoughts on what you think I did well or poorly with the interview-style episodes. From a creator's perspective, it requires substantially less effort to produce those interview episodes, and I don't have to spend much time editing And overall, I enjoy them a little bit more anyway, because I get to have this open dialogue between me and some friends. And then at the same time, I also have an excuse to reach out to some other folks who are much more knowledgeable about a specific area related to Neuralink or brain machine interfaces than I ever would see otherwise. You also may have noticed how much more fluid my speaking is during these episodes. And the reason is because they're almost 100% scripted. Obviously, this takes quite a bit of effort, but my hope is that there's a better chance that there's 100% verifiable, accurate information. And I also bet it's a better experience from a listener standpoint. Over time, I'm hoping to improve my speaking ability and decrease how scripted everything is. So thank you to all of you listening and supporting while everything's clearly a work in progress. 
See you at the next episode on Wednesday.